Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now, let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to The Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. And thank you, Newsstand Studio here at One Rock Center for hosting me today. And Joe, thank you for producing my podcast and for Kitty running all the logistics to make TRC a reality. Also, thank you to my ever-faithful Patreon community. My Patreon fam supports TRC for $5 a month. And as a thank you, I create weekly exclusive content just for them. So if you want to link arms with me and support TRC, and in doing so, get some VIP weekly content, go to patreon.com slash The Refined Collective. Over the last five years, I've fallen in love with skincare. My only regret is I wish I would have started focusing on it earlier. Today, I get to talk to you about Swedish skincare company, Foreo. Foreo exists to reinvent beauty and wellness by offering an ever-expanding range of innovative devices that instill confidence and provide a different kind of power to the one using it, the power of beauty. Now, Foreo strives to transform the world by turning daily routines into vibrant rituals. They celebrate the beauty of aging gracefully, and their innovations make the perfect skincare partner for any stage of life. Now, here's where it gets exciting. Foreo has bundled their best-selling devices into a luxurious set exclusively for Amazon shoppers, featuring the Luna 3. You can choose the Luna 3 bundle that best suits your needs and skin type, whether you have normal, sensitive, or combination skin. Also included in this Amazon bundle is Foreo's UFO Mini and Call It a Night UFO Activated Mask. These three products together are the trifecta and will have your skin glowing and radiant in 90 seconds. Now, this set is valued at $307.99 and retails on Amazon for $249. But for my listeners, you get the coupon code REFINEDC50 and you can get the entire at-home facial set for $199. So head on over to amazon.com and use the coupon code REFINEDC50. Now, we've been running strong here on the podcast for three and a half years, and this podcast is seriously one of my 
favorite things I get to do in my life. And I want to celebrate with you a huge milestone we have just received here at the podcast. This spring, we hit 1 million podcast downloads. Like what the heck? Over 1 million people have listened to this show from all over the world. And I want to freaking celebrate that with you. So I have spent time with my team combing through the archives of TRC. And for the next few weeks, I'm relaunching our most downloaded episodes of all time. You may or may not be surprised that almost all of the highest downloaded episodes have to do with sexuality, spirituality, along with dating, relationships, and personal growth. Now, if you're new to TRC, buckle up because you likely haven't heard a lot of this content. And if you've been here from the beginning, first of all, I love you. And second of all, it never hurts to have a little refresher on some of this content. So welcome to the official TRC Remix series, where as per usual, I'm going there, the hard places, the taboo places, and asking hard questions that may make you squirm in your seat, but I believe we'll all be better for it. Today's TRC Remix episode is all about dating, dating 101, everything from deal breakers to online dating profile no-nos to finding someone who's our quote unquote type and the number one myth keeping you stuck in your singleness. I have this conversation with my good friend and singleness and dating expert, Stephanie May Wilson. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris. And today I have on an incredible woman who I know from Instagram. I feel like you guys probably think I'm a broken record because I basically like Instagram stalk all of my guests until they agree to be on my podcast. Um, <laughs> this is no different. Um, today I have Stephanie May Wilson on. She has such a heart for single women. She has a curriculum for single women, a podcast for women, and just we share so much of a similar heart for single women of faith and navigating that. And so I just wanted to have her on here so we could have some real talk today. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you for being here. Oh, Kat, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about this. I love your work and I love this podcast. And I'm just, what a gift to get to be here. Uh, I'm just so excited we're finally connecting. Like, I feel like we've followed each other on Instagram for a while. And then recently I was just like, what the heck? I'm going to like slide into her DMs and send her a voice memo and be like, I think you're amazing. Can we be friends? Seriously, it like same, 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 same. Like, how has this not happened? It's, I know. Yeah, this is I this know. is overdue. It's so good. Um, and I mean, truth be told, you and I have been literally chit chatting for like forty five minutes and um, like pre recording, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, we have a podcast to record. We gotta start recording. <laughs> gotta get going. Yes, we could talk forever. I love it. Yes. Okay, so. I'm excited for this episode because I've done something like this with men. Earlier this year, I did a series where I grabbed like the top 15 questions that women had for men. And then I brought on a bunch of different guys, like single, married, like younger, older, and asked them like the same 15 questions. And the other day when you and I were emailing, I was like, okay, we both have this curriculum for single women. Like we're both talking our ears out and our hearts out to women. Like I bet we get a lot of the same questions. So I figured we would just like tackle some of these together. So are you, are you down with that? 
I'm so in. I'm so in. I feel like I need yeah. to have, I do have like comfy sweatpants on and yes. I have my here, so I feel like we're like, I'm settling in for some girl talk, which is yes. just love it. Girl talk is the best talk. Um, really? before we get started, so I know you're married. Um, I'm single. And I had this like super interesting online dating experience happen yesterday. And I just feel like girl to girl, I need to share it with you. And I would love your thoughts on this. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. So what happens? <laughs> okay. So I'm five, nine and a half. So online, I'm five, I nine. say... You're okay, five, sorry. nine? Yeah, I'm five, tall nine. women. All right. Yes. So online, I say I'm five, 10 because there's no half an inch. And also if I'm wearing like any shoes, like besides sneakers, like I'm going to be 5'10 plus. So I've noticed this thing with guys online. Like if a guy says he's six foot, now I'm like, okay, he's definitely like maybe just 5'10. And I, I, it's like kind of like an internal, like little tally I've been keeping and be like, all right, this person says they're 5'11. I'm guessing I'm taller than them. So I got matched with this guy a couple weeks ago. And it was like one of those things where I was like, okay, he looks super familiar. I think I've met him before. I definitely recognized him from like church world in New York City. So swiped right. We connected. You know, I like it was, it's one of the apps where like girls have to like initiate the conversation first. Yeah. Hey, what's going on? How are you? On his thing, he says he's 5'11. And then we get matched. I initiate this conversation, never hear back from him, which happens a lot online. And then yesterday, I'm walking to the subway and I pass this guy and I'm like, how do I know that guy? And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the guy I connected with on like my online dating app. And he like never responded back. And also he's definitely not 5'11". He's like way shorter than me, um, which is fine. Like I've dated a lot of guys shorter than me, but then I, I'm waiting for the subway and... Turns out he's also waiting for the same subway and he's literally standing like right next to me, Stephanie. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like so bizarre. Like, and he's with friends and I'm like, I I can tell he like notices me, but I'm not sure if he remembers that we've been matched. Lo and behold, last night, Stephanie, I get home from church and guess who has hit me up on the online dating app? This guy. What did he say? He he didn't mention that he saw me, but like he was like, "Oh, sorry, it's been a while. Like, how are you? Like, how did you get to New York?" And blah blah blah. So I responded back, and I haven't heard back from him. But I don't know. First of all, I don't know if you ever did online dating when you were single, or if like you get like online dating stories from the women that you mentor. But what do you think about the whole height thing? Man, well, okay. So I didn't do online dating because um, it wasn't as much of a thing um, mm. when I was dating. It wasn't. It hadn't like really come into its own yet. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was there weren't any apps yet. Um, there, yeah, it, it wasn't quite as much of a thing. Um, but I do talk to women all the time. I feel like I have vicariously online dated a lot through. <laughs> all of my girlfriends and through all the women I get to connect with, um, because it's something we just talk about a lot. And it's something like people ask me a lot, you know, what do you think of online dating? I think it's awesome. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's hard and it's, uh, exhausting and it's frustrating and it's discouraging, but it's also a really great way of getting to know who's Mm -hmm. around you that you may not have met otherwise. But the height thing is really interesting. I feel like there's like a mental conversion of like, okay, well, I'm being honest, but you're not. So yes. you say 5'11", I'm saying 5'7". Yes. 
Yes. And I'm like, what is that about? Like, are you guys all going to the same like doctor and they're just like inflating? Like, is like, I'm just trying to think like, what is the similar thing that like maybe women do? Like, is it us like taking pictures of ourselves like in weird angles so that we look smaller than we are? Like, what's the thing where guys are like, you tricked me? I, man, I don't know what the thing is for women. I think, I mean, it it might be camera angles. It might be, Mm. I mean, to be fair, we do have more like tricks up our sleeve. We can do, I mean, we get to wear makeup and I mean, guys can Mm -hmm. do it, I guess, but, but we get to wear makeup and we get to wear heels or not wear heels or we get to, Mm -hmm. we have shapewear. And unfortunately for men, they don't get to have shapewear and things like that. And so I don't know what the thing is, but that is so perplexing. And I think one of the things that I, I talk to women about a lot is like, how do you make that decision if you're going to swipe right or swipe right or swipe left? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you know? Like, you know, I've sat with so many friends and they're like, this guy isn't like, this guy isn't cute. Like, you know, reject. And mm-hmm. I, I think that the thing that I've gotten to see where I've gotten to see friends have more success is when they like widen the filter a little bit. Yeah. And I think that that's like the opposite of what we, it's, I think there's like, um, two sides to this, which there usually are on one side, Mm -hmm. we need to know what we're looking for in terms of a relationship. Like we need to, to marriage is a really big deal. And it's really important that we have an idea of, of the kind of person that we want to spend our lives with. It's not it's not like an impulse buy. This is the kind of thing right. that you want to really think about and research ahead of time because it's not something you you, you can't just return return your your husband. Yeah. Um, Never mind. Change uh, my mind. Can I do a little exchange? Um, <laughs> you, do, you don't get to do that. Uh, final sale. But on the <laughs> other side, I, I think that I was surprised a lot of times by who I really ended up liking. Like if I would have mm-hmm. found you know, any number of guys that just totally like swept me off my feet. Um, if I would have seen them in a profile, I don't know if I would have matched with them. Um, because they were, they were too short or, uh, had the wrong hair color or like, I, Mm -hmm. I always thought that I would marry, uh, guy who was six two, blonde and a youth pastor. And my husband is none of those things, but, <laughs> but he's perfect for me. He's so good mm-hmm. for me. And I think that there are just some things that you don't, you can't necessarily tell on a profile. And so I think that that's one of the biggest online dating mistakes I see women making that I made a lot in my own dating life is like mm-hmm. having the filter be too narrow. We have to meet yes. a lot of people before we find a person who we're really going to connect with. And and so I think sometimes that means saying yes to someone who you're pretty sure it's not going to be a thing, but maybe it could be because I think that I think we're often really surprised, but the high thing, man, we need just to have a mental conversion for when you see Seriously. six, foot. you're Seriously. like, great. I'm like, it's, a, it's probably like two inches. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I 100% agree. I mean, I definitely, we all have our type, right? Like my type, is like so clear. I'm like, yes, like this is the type of guy I'm totally interested in if I see him down the street. But it's 100% true that I've definitely met guys that I'm like, I don't know what it is. Like you're totally not my type, but then I meet you, I hear your heart, I have a conversation with you. And 
this person now is super attractive to me. And so I think that's the thing that is like missing with online, right? Is like you're having a one-dimensional experience of a person. And let's be real. As women, we typically know like, what's my good side? What are my good angles? And guys usually don't know that as well. And so I'm typically banking on the guy online is going to look better in real life. (laughs) Yeah, yes. But also like, I think we have to like de-escalate the pressure that we put on online dating. Like I just had this conversation with one of my friends. She's like, I just constantly feel discouraged. I constantly feel rejected. And I just don't know if I'm going to meet my husband online. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like that's so much pressure to be like, oh my gosh, like I'm only swiping right on here to meet my husband. And I'm 34. I am dating with the intention of marriage. Like I am ready for a long-term committed monogamous relationship with a godly man. And but I think what if we like de-escalated the pressure with online dating and we're like, all right, like, yeah, maybe it's gonna be like two guys out of every 100 that we actually match with. But like, I'm just gonna be open to the unexpected. And like it doesn't kill anyone to like go on like a, an hour long coffee date or grab drinks or a dinner or a workout class. And I just think we don't know what we don't know. And I mean, I speak to myself in this because I'll be online and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just can't see myself with any of these people, but we're missing the human aspect. Like when you get a person in person, like, a super incredible hot guy that you're like, that guy's totally my type. You get to know him and you're like, well, actually, like, we're totally not a good fit and I'm not really that attracted to you anymore. And then the opposite is true too. Like, wow, like maybe I would not have like naturally or necessarily seen this person across the street and been like, whoa. But then you get to know their heart, their heart for God, and you connect with them. So I think just being open to the unexpected in that, maybe like taking, removing some of that pressure. I to- I love that. I you know the the pressure thing, like who performs well under pressure? When in in Seriously. on any planet is a first date going to go well? When you're like intensely interviewing this person to find out how many kids they want and like totally. if they're cool with the names you've already picked out for your totally. unborn children, you know it's that doesn't yes. allow anyone to thrive or anyone to like that doesn't allow for the kind of connection and spark mm-hmm. and story that we want. And so it really is being okay with a lot of rejection and a lot of not mm-hmm. even rejection, like personally, but just like, well, that didn't work out because mm-hmm. like you said, out of every hundred, maybe hundred guys that you run into or, you know, meet or go on a date with, like one of them is going to be amazing. And I mean, the numbers might mm-hmm. even be less than that, but um, mm-hmm. it, when I was in college, my background is in broadcast news. And when I was in college, we had a TV anchor come in and talk to us about her career path and her story. And most of the people who would come in and she did this too, would say, you know, this is a really hard career. This is a really hard, like, it's really hard to get your foot in the door, you know, get ready for a lot of rejection. But she took it a step mm-hmm. further and told us what it was like for her to get her first job. And really, usually, um, in the world of like, your local news anchors, their path is to get a, a job at a really small TV station in the middle of nowhere, and then slowly kind of bounce around the country working their way up. And so she said, in order to get that first job though, she sent out 200 resume tapes. 
200 of them. And she, I mean, she drove to all these different stations and interviewed. And she said that it was, I think it was number 200 um, that gave her a chance. And it just happened to be the right place at the right time and the right mm-hmm. situation and the right person got her resume and the, you know, they just had an opening at the station. There are so many things that need to fall into place for the situation to be right. And that's mm-hmm. true in dating too, but she had to be persistent enough to get to the mm-hmm. person who was going to give her a chance. And, um, when she got that job, I mean, she got to bounce around to great networks. She's like a beloved figure in Denver and has been for years. And so her career is amazing, but she just had to give it that much persistence. And I think that the mm-hmm. the problem comes, especially in our hearts when we are rejected or when you know, we're ghosted or when Mm. a relationship sort of starts out and it looks like it's going great, but then it just falls apart, you know, right. As it feels like it's about to get going and, and it feels really personal. And it feels like that's like Mm. the final hammer on the fact that it's never going to work out for us. And we're not, we're actually not good enough. And all of our fears about ourselves are true. And, um, Mm. this isn't the exception. This is the rule, you know? And, Mm -hmm. but I think the truth is like, it really is this whirlwind of circumstances that need to all come together and the timing has to be so right. And you have to be so right. And all these things have to come together for it to be right. And it takes a while to find that person. And so that means that there are going to be a lot of false starts along the way, but that's Mm. super normal. Every single happily married person you've ever seen has been rejected, has been, has had their heart broken. Like our best case scenario is that one relationship works out, which means for, mm-hmm. that it's really normal for all the other ones to not work right. out, you know? Right. Yes. And I think even just hearing that story about the journalist you just shared, like, I think that's something I get so passionate about is like, we're willing to be rejected in like all these other areas of our lives. I think especially in our career, like we're willing to do anything and everything, put myself out there, like send out the 200 letters, like like hopefully we would never think in college like oh i'm going to get my 1000% dream job right out the gate i'm not even going to have to try for it that dream job's going to fall into my lap like no like we typically go to like a four year university do free internships a lot of people are getting their masters like i personally have moved from coast to coast to chase those dreams that i have i have been rejected more times than I've gotten the yeses in my career. But then it comes to relationships and it's like, well, if it's meant to be, it'll happen. Well, if like God wants it to... like, If God wants me to be married, He's going to put that person in my life because I want to be pursued. And my whole thing is like, what if we were like a tenth as intentional about our love life as we are about pursuing our career or even like our fitness goals? Like... You know, you'd never be like, oh, like I want to get six pack abs, but if God wants me to have six pack abs, it's just going to happen. Like, I'm just going to, God's going to answer that prayer for me. Like, well, yeah, okay. But like, we also get to collaborate and show up and take responsibility. So I think that's something that I have just been like trying to implement into my own life. It's like, how do I be just as intentional about this area of my life as I am the other areas of my life? If this is a value to me and, and to be in a relationship is a value. I think that thinking thinking about work is really does 
create such a great framework for what this can look like. Like dating and relationships is so heavy to us. You know, it's, they're so, it's so fully mm-hmm. loaded. And so, um, mm-hmm. if we can set that aside for a second and think through, like, what would this look like in a different context? And mm. it, I think so many things become clear when, when we compare it to something like getting a job, like you go yeah. to job fairs, you know, you connect with a whole bunch of people, you network, you get mm. your resume ready. And those are just things that mm-hmm. we forget we also really need to do when it comes to our relationships. And um, we forget about that. And so I I love that you made that comparison. It's one of my favorites. Oh, so good. Okay. So what would you say, Stephanie, is you talk to like thousands and thousands of women every year, I feel like. Um, What is the number one frustration you hear from single women? Gosh, you know, I think that this is going to be kind of a terrible podcast answer, but they're all over the board. I, they really mm-hmm. are. I think that they're mm-hmm. the, the ones that feel most painful in any given moment are are just different for everybody. I think uh, I think a big one is, you know, I'm watching all my friends and my cousins and my sister and everyone else around me find their person. Like, why isn't this happening for me? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that that's that's probably like one of the central ones. Is just what is God doing? Why isn't this happening for me yeah. yet? Is it, is there something wrong with me? Is it timing? Like, Mm. am I not ready? What does that look like? Um, Mm. but I think that, you know, there are offshoots of that, of things that are really frustrating in the moment. I just talked to a woman who was saying, she was like, I walk around the world and my thought process, the second I lay eyes on a guy is, is he the one? Like, is he the one? Is he Mm. the one? And I always thought, I call those like hungry eyes. Um, it's hungry eyes. but I had him so bad. I had him so bad. And it was, it's such a like hard thing to, and that puts so much pressure on relationships too, because instead of just like getting to have that meet cute where you both reach for a napkin at Starbucks mm. at the same time or something, it's, you're like, are you my husband? Like you've already thought through what your babies are going to look like, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so, um, that was just, you know, one specific pain point that someone brought up to me, you know, just yesterday. Um, but I, yeah. I really do think it's our hearts are so wired for a relationship. They just are. Mm. And it just was one of my, my deepest desires to find my person and that to be able to have someone to pour my love into and someone to love me and someone to take care of and someone to take care of me and, um, to just mm-hmm. get to have my best friend to do life with. I, I just, I feel mm. like I spent a long time missing him, even though I didn't know his name or who he would be. I just missed him. Right. Um, and that's a really, that's a really hard thing. It's just, it's just plain hard. And I think that that's just a lot of what it comes down to is we just want to meet our person. As a culture, we're taught to do really kind of whatever it takes to advance our career. We'll invest hundreds of thousands of dollars into our education. We'll take intern jobs with little to no pay for the experience. If you're like me, you will have moved cross country multiple times to put yourself out there. But then with things like love, we say, oh, it'll just happen when it happens. And with things like, do I want kids or not? We say, oh, I'll think about that someday down the road. I'm focusing on me right now, or I'm working on my career right now. But what if we were just as intentional about our reproductive health and our fertility health as we were about our careers? The reality is women are having children later in life. But biology hasn't changed, and we need tools to understand the future of our fertility. That's why Modern Fertility was created. It's the easy and affordable way to test your fertility hormones at home with a simple finger prick. 
Mail it in with a prepaid label and you'll get your personalized results within 10 days. Now, traditional testing with your doctor can cost over $1,000, but Modern Fertility only costs $159 to get the same information. And if you go to modernfertility.com slash refined, you can get $20 off your test. Also, if you have HSA or FSA, you can use those dollars on Modern Fertility. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, hormone levels, and other important fertility factors. The results go deep into what every hormone means, and you can also talk one-on-one with a fertility nurse to review your results and options for next steps. If you want kids today or maybe one day in the future, you need information to make the decision that's best for you. So right now, Modern Fertility is offering our listeners at the Refined Collective $20 off the test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. That means you get the test for $139 instead of the hundreds or thousands it would cost you at a doctor's office. So get $20 off your fertility test when you go to modernfertility.com slash refined. Again, that's modernfertility.com slash refined. Finding a bra in general is a struggle fest, but finding a bra that not only fits, but is comfortable and also, you know, a little cute, maybe a little sexy too. I mean, it feels nearly impossible. Can I also tell you that bra shopping is one of my least favorite things to do? I think the only thing I like less than bra shopping is shopping for jeans. (laughs) I recently had not only an enjoyable, but pain-free bra shopping situation with the female-founded and led company, Notori. Honestly, though, bra wearers, we should be buying bras from other women who wear bras, right? Josie Notori started the company from her living room as a young mother. The bra I have from Notori is the Feathers Bra in Black. I mean, a bra named Feather? Yeah, sign me up. It's supportive and so comfy, but also has this beautiful lace detailing that makes it feel feminine and sexy too. Notori is a global lifestyle brand, but still most known for bras and underwear. And their products are made with this super soft fabric that keeps you comfortable and supported. Their products move with you throughout your day, whether you're transitioning from work, play, fitness, or even maternity. They also don't fall apart in the wash and maintain their signature look and feel over the long haul. On top of which, they offer a variety of sizes from size A to G cup. Notori is offering a 15% discount to the TRC community with the code REFINED. So go to www.natori.com and apply the code REFINED at checkout for 15% off your purchase. That's N-A-T-O-R-I dot com. And you can also share your Notori experience on social media by using hashtag MyNotori and share why Notori bras make you look and feel your best. Remember, code REFINED. There's like a couple trails I want to go off after, like in response to that. But like one of them is that desire is like so real, right? To be like, well, like why is this happening for everyone else and not for me? And it's like, what do you suggest in that scenario? Like even like one of the things I have written down is like this question, like, should I pray that God changes someone's heart towards me? Like, is that manipulative or is that like, God can do anything. God can even like change this person's heart towards me. Like, um, I just have been thinking so much about like, 
what is it to be in touch with my longing and to be hopeful and to be specific about my prayer life and not like buy into like hopelessness, but it is hard to see all these people around you. Like, it seems like it's happening for them. Like, God, why are you holding out on me? And then like, how do I pray into this? Like, for example, like I have a crush on a guy, like, should I be praying that God changes his heart towards me? Like, or is that manipulative? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Um, gosh, that's a big question. Okay. So when it comes to, to praying that God would change someone's heart towards you, I don't know if we ever need to worry about manipulating God because God is so much smarter than us and like, thank Mm. God. (laughs) So I think that if we pray something that's just off in some way, which Lord knows I do all the time, God knows what to do with that, you know? And so Mm. I'm just so grateful, especially in that example, that God is not manipulatable. Is that a word? We just made made that a word. (laughs) Um, He's not. And so I think, you know, if you... I, I know I have prayed that prayer a lot of times um, that God mm. would kind of change someone's hearts and, and help them reciprocate the feelings I had. Uh, mm. He never answered it for me. Mm. And one thing, you know, we have a really wonderful mutual friend in common um, in Kate Warman. And one thing that she has said to me several times is that she wants someone whose heart is ignited towards her. I, I, I just love her phrasing of that. Like, I want someone whose heart is ignited mm. towards me. And I think that along the way, you know, something that you know, we've been talking about, like must-haves and things you're looking for in a relationship. One of the things it took me like eight to 10 heartbreaks to realize could be mm. on my must-have list was for someone to want to be with me. And I think yeah. that, you know, I, I had feelings for this one guy for years and years and years. And I just, I prayed myself, like I prayed until I was blue in the face about this relationship Mm -hmm. and how much I wanted it to be a thing. Um, and, and because when I looked at him, I was like, this guy is perfect. He is perfect Mm -hmm. for me, Lord. Like, please can I have him? But the thing that I was, that was missing in that relationship, in that, you know, flirtationship, friendlationship thing that we had going on, uh, was, (laughs) was the fact that he, he wasn't sure about me and he didn't, Mm -hmm. he didn't, Want, he didn't know that he wanted to be with me bad enough to actually make it happen. And I didn't realize that that was something that could be on your must-have list. And it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the idea of pursuit is a little bit tricky. And I think we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But I think that it is, it absolutely should be on our must-have list that in order for someone to even have a chance at being in a relationship with us, they need to want it. Um, and I don't think that I realized that difference, you know, I, I really have a lot of relationships and a lot of like, you know, things, you know, where we're kind of talking, whatever, um, where it seemed like the guy wasn't quite as in as I was, or he wasn't a hundred percent sure or, um, Mm. things like that. And I didn't realize the difference, honestly, until I met my husband and in so many different relationships, I felt like I had to be so sure or so in or work so hard to like, Uh, keep it going and keep it afloat or I had to like us or I had to have enough hope for the relationship for the both of us, you know? Mm. Um, But my sweet husband, I was so unsure at so many moments and scared and um, had questions and doubts and all these different things. And I mean, he kept us afloat and he was so sure that he wanted to be with me that he just was not deterred. And I Mm. had never... I mean, maybe I'd experienced that a little bit, but not quite in this way. And I just didn't even know to hope for that. And and I think mm. that that's like, that's one of the things there are a million, but if I, if I could go yeah. back and tell myself something in, in a lot of different moments of major heartbreak, I'd say like, you deserve someone who wants to be with you. And so right. until this guy decides that he wants to be with you, 
next? You know, yeah. let's think about something else. And and that's easier said than done. But what it brought up in my mind was like, you know, how do we, how do we hope? How do we like put ourselves out there, but how do we not like make it an idol? How do we not um, mm. make it our, our whole thing, our whole focus? And that was the heart behind creating my course, which is called Love Your Single Life. Um, is that I think that when we're in seasons of waiting, there's so much like longing and hope and fear and doubt. And there's so, there's so much going on inside of us. We're just like a swirl of emotions. And I know for me, when I'm in a season of waiting, whether it's waiting to meet my person or, you know, there are all kinds of seasons of waiting in our lives, having a place to put my energy is really helpful. If I can, if I can like throw my energy, all that nervous energy, all those questions into something productive, it just helps me so much. And that's really why I've, I've come to love this idea of loving your single life because it's investing in ourselves in this season that we currently have is exactly like working on your resume. It's, you know, honing your skills. It's networking. It's all those things that we would do for work. It's getting ourselves into the best place we can possibly be because that's something we can control in this season. We can work on these different areas of our lives. Um, and the thing that I got to really see in my own story and through, you know, thousands of other women's stories, which has been so cool is that doing those things and making the most of this season, having as much fun as we can, going on adventures, challenging ourselves, growing as people, healing from the things that have happened in our past, growing deeper in our relationship with God, investing in our friendships and our relationship with our family, working on the things that we feel like we're meant to do in the world. When we're focused on all of those things, that's a really productive place for our time and our energy and our worrying, the worrying that's happening in our brains to go. But also when we do those things, that's a, usually how we end up being in the right place at the right time to meet our person. It just is. Like it's, it's going on that trip. It's, it's volunteering at this place. It's applying for that job. That's, that's where you meet him. The other cool thing is that when we're living our lives that way, that's captivating. That is intoxicating. That is, that is something that is just so stand out in a person. Um, and, and so that's the thing that's going to like draw people to us. You know, that's, that's our dating secret sauce is having just this wonderful life and being this wonderful, best, wholest I don't even know if holist is a word, but like most whole version <laughs> of ourselves. And then the other thing, and this is really why, you know, some people ask me sometimes like, Stephanie, you're married. Why are you talking about singleness? What is the deal there? And the thing that I've gotten to see in my own marriage is that when I finally like stopped waiting and when I started really mm-hmm. investing in the season I had of being single, the things that I did in that season have contributed to our marriage in such an incredible way. Like the reason that my marriage is as good as it is today is because of those things that I did when I was single, because those things help you get ready and help you be the wife you want to be. You don't go in carrying as much baggage because you set some of it down along the way. You've learned a lot about communication because you practiced, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. And, and so it just has been so game changing for our marriage. And I love that because you, you get to, kills several birds with one stone. You know, you get to invest in the season and enjoy it and invest in yourself. And that makes every single bit of your life so much better. And so that's just always been like my go-to when it comes to what do I do with all this hope and all this confusion and wanting to put myself Mm -hmm. out there, but not wanting to do it too much. It's just when we can live this season of our lives to the full in, in any way we can think of, that takes care of so many other things simultaneously. Yeah, so much so. I, and I totally hear that. Like, 
I think it's one of those things where... I mean, I feel like for a long time, I was waiting for my life to start. I'll put the quote in the in the show notes, but Shauna Nyquist in her first book, Cold Tangerines, has this portion where she's talking about, you know, like basically my whole life I've been waiting. In high school, I was waiting to go to college. In college, I was couldn't wait to like be out of college and have a career. And then it was like, you know, I can't wait to meet my spouse. And then it was like I we're like waiting for the season where we like buy a house or then it's the kids. And then she's like, and basically my whole life I've been waiting to like start living until I'm a thinner version of myself. And her whole point is like life is right now. Like life isn't someday when and live it. Like life is unfolding today for you. And That was such a powerful thing to me because I feel like I was making decisions and not making decisions based off like what was going to position me to like be completely open and ready for the relationship I wanted. And it's like one of those cheesy cliche things that like drives me nuts. Like I hate cliche sayings when like, well, it'll happen when you least expect it or when you're most content. But lately I've been wondering, like, I wonder if like what that's really about is like me getting to a place where I'm like completely present in the season God has me in and getting to know myself better. And I mean, honestly, like if I had like played it safe and been like, well, like I'm just gonna like, you know, I just I feel like I'm supposed to get married and so I'm just gonna wait for that to happen. I'd probably still be in Dallas, Texas and like farting around. But like God had a totally different story for me. Like I left college. I thought I was going to get married. Didn't. Moved to San Diego. Worked for a nonprofit. Lived in Newport Beach. Worked for another nonprofit. Got into the fashion industry as a photographer. Moved to New York. Like, I think the best thing that we can do is pursue the passions and callings that God has put on our lives and like become the most whole and best version of myself. And... I think it's like those cheesy things you hear, like, you know, it's a triangle when you're like pursuing God and you're calling and he is like, you're gonna like intersect. And but I actually do think that's true. Um, is to like not dismiss or pretend that that longing isn't there. And also like I don't only just want to work out so that I can have a good body so that this guy will notice me. Like, you know, like that's not the total right reasons. Or I don't just want to go on the mission trip because maybe the cute guy will be there. Like, but it's okay if like that is a part of the reason. Like, well, yeah, I want to like be a part of these things because I want to put myself in a position to meet the type of guy that I'm looking for. But like, I'm going to do this regardless because these are the things that light me up. So just like really let ourselves live and like be present to the season that God has us in. And I think, and I think this alludes to like what you're talking about is like, that is what is attractive. And what you, that's what you said is intoxicating. Like when you see someone like fully present in their lives, like pursuing the purpose that like God has placed on them and like living life to the fullness, investing into community and doing things that light them up, like that is so fun to engage with. Um, And so I think as women, like we got to just start, we got to live our lives. And if that happens, like that's going to happen and it's going to be amazing. But like my life isn't on pause or my life. It's like, it's not that like my life isn't black and white. And then when I meet that guy, it's going to be like technicolor. Like my life is today, like God is not holding like any good thing back from me. 
in this season? I, I think that it's the part of me that loves like productivity. You know, like I'm a multitasker. Mm. If I can get like two things mm-hmm. done at once, I want to. But I, that's the thing I love about it is that in deciding to do something like go on a mission trip, your motives don't have to be a hundred percent quote unquote pure. What does that even mean? Like you want to, you want to <laughs> go for a bunch of reasons, you know? And if in the back of your head, the idea is there that you might meet a great guy, like that does not mean that you're not going for the right reasons, whatever that means. So like, mm. let yourself off the hook there. Anyone who's feeling that way. Cause I definitely felt that way, but in going on a mission trip, you are living your life fully today. You are seeing a new part of the world Mm -hmm. or the country. You are loving God's people. You are going deeper in your relationship with God, which are all really wonderful things. You're probably going to meet some really great friends. You might end up with a new job opportunity or something that propels you Mm -hmm. further in your uh, like calling or career. That's happened for me because of mission trips. And you might meet a great guy also. And and all of those things are deeply worthwhile. Mm. And and so, yeah, when we can just start living our lives today, so much is taken care of in that process. Mm. And so I think that that's, I love the, the ripple effect of that, that you can do one, you don't have to just prepare your heart for marriage. I don't know what that necessarily looks like. I do know what it is to, to really work, to get your heart into the healthiest, best place it can possibly be knowing that that's going to help your life so much today. It's going to positively affect all of your relationships that you currently have and all of your relationships in the future. And I just, I I love the way that that works. So switching gears to kind of another question, it's, we've been talking for almost 40 minutes and we've gotten through like one question. Um, so 15 more questions in like (laughs) five minutes. Okay. (laughs) So I hear this a lot from women. I don't know if you do, but the frustration goes a little bit like this. All the good guys are already taken or there's no good guys out there. Guys aren't asking girls out or I live in a small town, so I'm totally outnumbered. But basically, there are no good guys out there. What is your response to that? Um, One, I don't believe it's true. And two, I don't know how it helps us to believe that. You know, I think, Mm. I think that if we really want to camp out in that belief and like count how many guys are in our church that are single versus married or I mean, whatever, I just think that there are better things we can do with our focus that actually get us closer to where we want to be. And I think, you know, I, I uh, have kind of a a little mini course that I put together last year um, called double, double your dating prospects. And um, Mm. it really is for the woman who's feeling that way. Like, you know, where are all the good guys? I'm not meeting any in my day-to-day life. And I think that that's so real. My my answer to it really is sort of a, another version of love your, loving your single life. But in the mini course, I give like 10 challenges that just things that you can do to push yourself outside of your comfort zone. Uh, and they're like, take a class, volunteer somewhere. One of them's online date. One of them is uh, say yes to the next invitation you get. And I think that there are little things that we can, like little opportunities that we can take in our daily lives to push ourselves out of our comfort zone, which makes our life so much fuller and richer and helps us grow as people and also opens up this whole new layer of people we haven't met before. Um, Mm -hmm. and, And so, I mean, gosh, it's so real, like looking around and feeling like I'm not even worried about dating because I can't even find anyone I would date. I, that, that feeling is so defeating and, and it can be mm. defeating and we can sit in that defeat, but I just don't know how, how helpful it is to really 
sit there longer than we need to. Mm. And my way of getting out of that and like, again, doing something productive with all this swirling doubt and fear in my heart was, okay, fine. How can I be putting myself out there more? And I, and I love the thought of doing it in this way because you're, you are making the most of this season. You're, you're doing something to invest in yourself, whether that's like getting involved in a co-ed small group at church. That's a really awesome mm. thing to do for so many areas of your life. And it's also a way to meet more people. Um, the other thing yeah. I, and I share this in the course, but I, I, this point is really important. I think is that a lot of times we get frustrated when, when we don't initially meet someone who we could date. But I think a lot of times the person that we end up connecting with or the place where we do meet people to date is like one layer deeper. So an example mm-hmm. is like, if a girlfriend invites you to her birthday, like she's hosting a birthday dinner um, and you say yes to going and you go thinking maybe there could be some cute guys there. And there's like two, but one of them is just, he's just not your type. And the other one's like has a girlfriend. So you're like, okay, that was a failure. But if you hang out with that group of people again, all of those people have people. Those guys have guy mm-hmm. friends. And I think that we we stop at that first layer, not realizing that maybe the guy who you like, you know, hit it off with as friends and and you hit it off with his girlfriend, they invite you to go do something. Saying yes gives you all of a sudden access to all the people that they know. And um, mm-hmm. that can turn into all kinds of things we just can't see from where we're standing today. So I think that that like saying, saying yes is really important and continuing to say yes Yes. is really important because you just have no idea who the people that you're meeting know and who you could know too, if you just keep saying yes to them. I think that's such an incredible and, and powerful point of like, I'm just thinking in my own life, like it's so easy to be like, I think because it's such a vulnerable part of our hearts, right? Like, oh my gosh, this desire is so tender and rejection even though like i do believe like rejection is god's protection in our lives like like that person's no means that god has a better guess for me but it does feel personal yeah. even though we've all liked guys that like nothing is personal to them it's just like he's not our person but we feel or like i have felt in the past like oh my gosh this feels like just such like it's like tapping into my deepest insecurities of like, oh my gosh, I'm not enough or I'm not worthy or it's not possible for me to have the type of relationship that I want and long for. So like we take an inch forward out of like our little shell and then we feel disappointment and then disappointment feels like this total death. And so we're like, well, I don't want to feel that. So let me just protect myself from feeling that. When like really what I think is disappointment is a part of the game. And being in relationship with someone is like, you're signing up to be disappointed by another human being for the rest of your <laughs> life. Like, like that is being in friendship with someone. Like the more and more intimate you get with someone, like the more you collide with their wounds and their brokenness and their baggage. And really like the only way you can avoid disappointment is by like shutting yourself off completely to love and relationship with others. And I, I just wonder like what would happen in our friendships, what would happen in our dating lives, like what would happen in our churches if like we said yes to be like, all right, like I'm gonna be disappointed in this process, yeah. but like I'm gonna be okay because God is good and like disappointment is a part of the process. And really it's through those moments that I press in and lean in and learn about myself and learn about others. But I think like 
we make disappointment like the like ultimate thing that we don't want to feel disappointment and rejection. So we're like, well, let what can I do in my life to avoid that at all costs? And then we're like, so why am I single? And I'm like, well, it's because like, you've quarantined yourself from any sort of disappointment. And when you quarantine yourself from disappointment and rejection, you also quarantine yourself from love. A thousand percent. I think that I think the start for so many things is is showing up. You know, a lot of the the questions we were talking about that we hear most often are like, how do I put myself out there while not becoming like while still being pursued? Or how do I show I show him I'm interested? Or should I show him I'm interested, but like not too much? Or how do I meet people? And I think that the answer, if if we like boil it down to just the very center, is show up sometimes we're not getting asked out because that guy doesn't know that we're on the planet. You know, he hasn't rejected us. Mm. He doesn't know that we exist. Sometimes mm. we're not meeting guys because we haven't like, or we're, we're not meeting our person because we haven't met another single guy in like a year and a half. Like what part of our lives mm-hmm. is set up to where we could possibly run into someone that we could date? If the answer is like no part, then we need to make some changes. But I think a lot of it is just is showing up and showing up again. And I mean, that's true in friendship too. Like, you know, if a friend asks you to coffee or if you ask someone to coffee, the first time is not going to be as good as the seventh time, but you have to keep showing up mm-hmm. to get to that kind of, you know, sweatpants at each other's house intimacy yes. of friendship. You have to keep showing up and, yes. and it, it's scary. It's really scary because you're right. Putting ourselves out, like this is a deep, true, real desire of ours to connect our lives with someone else. Mm-hmm. And the fear of rejection is amped up so much because we care about this so much. And it is so personal and all of the things. But if we want to be in a place where we could have the love that we're desiring, we need to, like, we have to start showing up a little bit more. Oh my gosh, that is such a good word. And I agree 100%. Like, showing up is half the battle. I mean, one of, I do a lot of yoga and, it used to feel like super cliche, but now I'm starting to think maybe cliches are cliches because they're it's just true. true. Yeah. <laughs> um, she always says like, you know, at the beginning of class, like you did the hardest thing. You showed up. Yeah. Like now the rest of the practice is easy. Like you did the hardest thing and the hardest thing was to like leave the office early or leave your house, like get up early and show up. Like there's so much power in breakthrough and just saying like, I am worth showing up for. I am worth showing up to my life fully, presently, with hope, with anticipation. Like, I think there's so much that is possible when we are committed to that. I love that. Good word, girlfriend. Um, all right. Flash round, last question. Okay, hit me. If there is like one thing that you want a single woman to know, who's listening to this, that is just feeling discouraged in this season. Like, what would you want to tell her? Um, God hasn't forgotten you. Mm. It's not too late. You are loved and you're worthy of love, even when you don't feel like it. The reason that you're single isn't because you're unlovable. There are all kinds of things that go into the situations of our lives. And the timing of our lives is different for each one of us. And the fact that your timing doesn't exactly look like her timing or her timing or your sister's timing um, doesn't mean that you're less than she is. Your story is going to be a good one. God loves you. He sees you. He's working in your life. Um, And I think the last thing is just that you don't have to go through this alone. You know, especially when it comes to things that are the most tender to us, we hide them um, even from each other as friends. And 
you don't have to go through this alone. And it's better if you don't. This journey is so much more fun if you can walk through it with girlfriends, whether they're in the same season as you or not. But you don't have to figure this out alone. And you're just, you're really, really loved. Ah, so good, Stephanie. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and your wisdom. And can you just let people know where to find you, where to find all your things, your curriculum, your courses, your wisdom, everything? Oh my gosh, you're <laughs> the best. Um, so my website is sort of a good like train depot um, for everything that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's stephaniemaywilson.com. Uh, let's see. You can find my podcast there. My podcast is called Girls Night. Um, you can find me on Instagram through there. But one thing to keep an eye out for is that I have a new prayer journal coming out soon. Um, And it's really on the heart of everything we've been talking about here, about investing in this season, savoring this season of our lives and how that's the very best thing we can do to set ourselves up for the kind of future relationships we want. Um, And it's called Every Single Moment. And actually, Kat, I haven't talked about it on a podcast before. And so I'm like giddy and getting to say it out loud. (laughs) Um, And so anyway, it's coming out. Um, soon. And so keep an eye out for that because it's just my heart and soul is in that thing. And um, I cannot wait to, to share it with the world. So all of that is through um, through my website, stephaniemaywilson.com, or you can find all of that on Instagram as well. I'm at smaywilson on Instagram. So good. Well, girl, this has been so fun. And I just feel like this is just the beginning of our friendship and I cannot wait to connect more. And yeah, just just adore what you're up to and I'm excited to connect more. Gosh, same. Thank you so much for having me. The biggest thing that stood out to me in this episode is when Stephanie said, the number one thing we should look for in a person is that they are also interested in us. Receiving this and understanding this would have transformed my 20s and early 30s. I can't tell you how in love I would be with a guy friend and how I just let myself stay in the friend zone, hoping one day they would have this enlightening moment, how they had been in love with me the whole time. Forgetting to remember that, oh my gosh, I get to be with a guy who wants to be with me back. I could have saved myself so much heartache. What about you? What stood out to you about today's episode? I would love to invite you to share a quote or thought on Instagram stories and tag at the refined woman, because I would love to hear what came up for you. Let's process this together. And friend, get ready for next week's episode. I'm talking cheating, ghosting, and finances with love coach, Sean Galanos. So buckle up.